Hello. I hope you're doing well today. And as I say so often, it's such a privilege for me to have this opportunity to spend some time with you. It, it truly means the world to me. By the way, before we pray and get started, I will remind you yet again that we have a website, Healing Care Ministries. Go there. You're going to find all kinds of opportunities that are there for you. Many of them are without cost. There's also uh, information about our um, Healing Care Center where people come and they get uh, intensive counseling care for emotional wounds. It's an unbelievably marvelous opportunity for people that are struggling and a lot of seminars. Uh, as a matter of fact, in January, you're going to be able to do the formational prayer seminar online. So I just want to encourage you, if you get a chance, go there. Father, we come to you in the strong and powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray that the ministry of the Holy Spirit will move inside of us as we spend this time together. We know that the Christian life, which is beyond description, cannot be lived without the sensitivity to the strengthening and to the, the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for loving us as you do. May all that are here listening experience in this time the presence and power of your care and your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I am absolutely confident as I spend this time with you that you are a lot like me. On the one hand, because you're listening, you want to grow deeper in the Lord. You want to know more about Christ and what he's done for you. I think you want to experience the love of God and learn how to express that love to other people. And I would go so far as to say that I am very confident that deep inside you want to live by the virtues and values of the kingdom of God, that, that there is that desire inside. And actually, it's a desire of your heart that's birthed in the heart of God. I know that it's difficult to do that, which is one of the reasons that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But I want to talk to you today about the fact that all of us, even as we have this desire, we have what maybe I would call today enemies of the soul. Now, when I say that, I don't want you to think of people. One of the things that Greg Boyd comments on is, if it has flesh and blood, it's not my enemy. So people are not necessarily my enemy, but there are forces behind them that often war against my soul. It's as if I'm seeking to move forward in my life with Christ and I suddenly experience a counterattack, a counterattack that is quite serious and makes it more difficult for me to move forward in the Christian life. It's as if I want to grow deeper, I want to be more loving, I want to live by the virtues and values of the kingdom, and yet somehow it is very, very difficult. Now, when I talk about enemies of the soul, let, let's just 
make a couple things clear. I, I think on one level, yes, there is the evil one. Jesus combated an evil one, a force of darkness with his minions. That, according to Jesus' words in John, they want to rob and they want to kill and they want to destroy and they want to keep us from moving forward in this deep desire to grow in Jesus. But I think there are other enemies of our soul. For me, and that would be best if I talk about me, my own thoughts. I, I can really find myself suddenly caught up and go, wow, those thoughts are not thoughts of light. They're not consistent with the virtues and values of the kingdom. And when I think those thoughts, they war against my desire to be more loving, to live in the flow of the kingdom, to grow deeper in Christ. And with those thoughts, there's also behaviors, things that I choose to do that, well, in fact, I already know are not aligned with the kingdom. There's also the messages and priorities of the world in which we live. I have a daily habit that I think I probably should change. I read the news. I just want to find out what's happening in the world. And there is no question but that much of the vitriol that's occurring in the world does not flow in the kingdom. And so I have this enemy of my soul, which is evil, my own thoughts, my own behaviors, and a world that is not aligned according to the kingdom itself. And it seems as though this isn't easy to resist, that these forces are wanting to draw us away from the kingdom. They're wanting to draw us down. They're wanting to make us, uh, if you will, experience desolation, depression, or lead us to aggression and anger. And this is happening in my life and in the lives of many people that really their deepest desire, my deepest desire, is contrary to that. I want to live according to the kingdom. I want to experience the virtues and values of God's kingdom. I want to experience love and be loving. And I'm sure that's true for all of you. So I bring that all up to then ask the question, well, how do we end up combating this, pressing against it? And, you know, Paul, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he talks about the fact that the weapons we use are not the same weapons as are used in the world. So a good example of that is that if someone is pushing hatred against us, well, we don't want to use that weapon against them. Instead, we want to use love. If darkness is trying to overcome us, we don't want to choose darkness to combat darkness, we want to choose light. And so we, we simply cannot use, if you will, aggressive argument against argument and vitriol against vitriol, that we have another set of weapons that are used to at least for ourselves and then in turn for the world to press back what I am entitling here the enemies of the soul. And so I say all that to bring us to 
one great weapon that I need to go to far more quickly than I do. And it comes right from God's word, especially in the Psalms. So you probably know Psalm 8 that talks about, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And then listen to this verse. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. A stronghold against our enemies that comes by choosing even as a child to be a person of praise. Now, I, I, I want you to understand there are many reasons why we should be praising the Lord, certainly out of gratitude and certainly that he is worth it. But there's also something that scripture tells us, and that is that there is a power in praising the Lord that can lift our spirits and can push back these enemies. And it's hard to do when you're overwhelmed by these enemies because there seems to be a tendency, at least in my own life, to want to use one of their weapons to push back their efforts. But what Scripture is saying is there is power in choosing to praise the Lord. And in this case, it's saying that even when a child or an infant uses that power, it can create a stronghold, a stronghold, a place of strength in our lives. Do you know that the very next psalm, it begins with the words, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I'll tell of your deeds. I'll be glad. I'll rejoice. I will sing praise to your name. And then it says this, my enemies turn back. They stumble and they perish before me. Okay, this is what I'm arguing right here, that we need to understand there is a power in praise and that there are times when we go on a walk or this morning as I was lying in front of the fire early in the morning, I just wanted to praise the Lord to lift my spirit against the enemies of my soul, evil, my own thoughts, my own behaviors, the values of this world, the virtues of this world, the messages of this world, the vitriol of this world. It's like I need to get it off me. And what I find is turning my heart to praise is one of the ways that that begins to happen. I think that's interesting that when we come to uh, the psalmists, the psalmists definitely talk about this whole idea of praising and singing and lifting up the Lord. And in Psalm 149, it reads that may praise to God be in our mouths and a double-edged sword in our hands. You're hearing what it's saying that, that praise is, it's linked up as a weapon that we can use. So let's be practical. Let's imagine that someone has hurt you and you're getting angry or you're down or you're dealing with some despair or depression or you're in a difficult circumstance. And there's a lot of places our minds can go when we're in that time. But one of the things that scripture is telling us is, okay, choose, make a choice. It's an act of the will to start praising the Lord. 
even if it's simple as saying, thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I lift you up today, Lord Jesus, for who you are. Now, you may not believe that this is powerful, but I encourage you, give it a try. I think in trying it, you will begin to see that there is, in fact, a power to praise and that Scripture is being absolutely honest here. You know, there's this scripture that comes in the book of Isaiah. It's found in chapter 30. And uh, in 3032, it, it relates the fact that God punishes his enemies to the sound of praise. Now, I can't say that I totally understand all that that means, but what I do understand, which is really important here, is that we... Do not let the enemies of our soul simply overwhelm us and that we begin to stew in the despair or the anger or the disappointment. But in fact, that we hear what scripture is saying. Somehow God manifests his strength and his presence in the midst of praise. And so today, why don't, why don't we both just try it. If you're experiencing any one or more of the enemies of your soul, why not spend some time and just start saying thank you, Lord, and praise his name. And if you need help, go to a scripture, read the scripture out loud, particularly some of the Psalms of praise. And I really want to suggest to you that you will feel the power of the Lord pressing back evil. The promise is that even if children and infants do that, it creates a stronghold. Don't we need that stronghold in our own lives?